0: Hello fellow
1: Hornets and welcome to the first From the Rookery End podcast. In this end of season awards special, you'll hear who scored the other goal of the season, which Watford player has been likened to Whitney Houston. You'll also learn who you can blame if the Rouse stand looks a little bit wonky.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, you are now officially part of Watford Football Club history. Welcome to the first ever podcast From the Rookery End.
0: What a lovely, wonderful noise that was. Welcome to From the Rookery End. This is a podcast made for Watford fans by Watford fans. I'm John and with me is Jason. Hello. And Mike. Hello. Uh, We're all lifelong Watford fans and season ticket holders in the Rookery End. we will be doing these monthly podcasts where we'll chat about everything and anything to do with Watford Football Club. We want you to get involved and you can keep up to date with all the podcasts going on. So uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rookery End. In this podcast, we'll be looking back at the 2009-2010 season and awarding the From the Rookery End Awards. You'll hear interviews with Danny Graham and Henry Lansbury. Plus, we'll be looking forward to another season of championship football and meeting the Watford wannabe wags.
1: From the
2: Rookery End, a podcast for Watford fans by Watford fans.
1: So to kick off this first edition of the podcast, we wanted to talk about the, the season we've just had. It was a season of low We lost a goal-scoring legend. We saw the return of another. We had a brush with administration. There was a breakthrough of some future Watford stars. What we wanted to do was ask our Watford-supporting colleagues and friends, if you could sum up the whole season in one word, what would it be? So we went out into the world of social media to ask you guys to sum up the Watford season in one word.
0: Facebook some great ones here James Wazza Warren said woeful Bradley Simmons tense and Adam Drury adequate
1: woeful's a bit harsh I think Uh, yeah I think that's a bit
2: harsh it started well
0: yeah I mean what I expected of the season no way was that woeful my expectations were far lower than
1: woeful so lighten up Wazza lighten (laughs) up uh, Harry Hicks, happy. We like that one. Damon Picard, questionable. Hmm. Interesting one that. Uh, David Scott, that old classic phrase, bounce back ability. Yeah. Interesting
2: that and I'm not sure if I agree with no. that one because it's more the other way round. <laughs> <laughs> what? The slant back, back, was at back the ability? start, yeah, yeah, and then it sort of tailed off. Okay, a little bit of a bounce back at the end of the last two games. From Twitter, David Louie says, Survival. Watford Observer Owls clearly copied me because <laughs> this was the one Yeah, I, I thought of when uh, I was first asked, which was few.
0: I see several people, Paul Window, Chris Davis, and also uh, uh, Sainsbury's Kev, all po- put... Roller coaster, which I think is a great way of summing it up. I never expected to be up there at the top of the roller coaster, the heights of greatness that we had
1: in kind of October, November time. John, John I've, got, I've got to stop you there. The, <laughs> I think the good people of Salisbury. Did I say uh, Sainsbury's? Apologies <laughs> to Salisbury Kev. I think he was the first one to reply on that thread, and the way you thank him <laughs> is by calling his hometown Sainsbury. So, but roller
0: coaster, me. big word, and I think it does start the season highs, lows, everything. Because my word of the season was entertaining. It had everything this season. We haven't had as much entertaining football for so long. We've had better football, but nowhere near as entertaining.
1: i would go along with that. I think the season started off far, far more fun than any of us expected. We'd all sort of steeled ourselves for a really tough year ahead. I think we, we were all aware of the financial restrictions. We knew that, that Tommy Smith was likely to go. We knew that Williamson was likely to go. And we, I think we were all just buckled in for a fairly bumpy ride into It started off well, shady middle, and then a, a good end.
0: But the shady middle has to be down just the fact that all those games are cancelled just that whole of January. There were 38 days between the Boxing Day game against Forest and the game we played against Sheffield United, which was 3-0 that game. There 38 days between those, those two home games. And there weren't that many away games w- within that.
1: We lost a bit of impetus, didn't we?
0: Yeah. Jason, well, Jason, I first came back, what did you say?
2: I said it felt like the first game of a new season. <laughs> it been that long a time. It was a whole different year and everything, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like and it some, new some new signings. New players. Uh, I think it was probably the first time we saw Martin Taylor, wasn't it? Well, Buckley and McGinn had signed, but
0: they when hadn't McGinnard necessarily went there, yeah. there yeah.
1: uh, well, Definitely not the wind out of ourselves. But I think, if I can, I'm quite proud of my word, tumultuous. <laughs> okay. You That's got a got a good words So for Christmas, did you get by? Uh, word of the day bog roll, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by Boxing Day, it was all gone. But yeah, tumultuous. I think basically, um, um, after the event, I'm generally pretty positive. We ended on a really big high. I think there were some really big, uh, big positives to take out of it. But despite so, despite the rocky road that we'd been on, we ended on a big sort of booming, happy high. I think.
0: Well, the the feeling of those of that first and the second goal against Reading, the relief and just wanting to shout was immense. And the fact is that that's better, I think. That's better than having a season where you win, win, win and don't get anything. If we, if we ended mid, mid-table mid and didn't have that moment of huge
2: relief, it would have been quite a dull season. It could have, we could have finished up like Coventry, who who yeah. had done enough up to, uh, say, March time, where they weren't really going to drop into it. And then you had a terrible run. And ended up by losing at home four nil to a team, and won away for a very, very long time. Yeah. And look what happened a couple of days later: manager get sacked, and everyone's finished on a bad
1: feeling. I think, chaps, we've just we've just sort of highlighted why it's quite good fun to be a Watford fan. Absolutely. We've, <laughs> we've had a pretty um, undistinguished season, indistinguished season. And I managed to get a couple of tweets from some non-Watford mm. supporting sports broadcasters to get their view on what Watford thought. And uh, Dan Walker, who presents Football Focus, he he came up with two. He said average and underwhelming. Tim Lovejoy, who is of course really deep down a Watford fan, he, sim- he simply said it was disappointing. So it's interesting that those outside the sort of Vicarage Road circle, the inner sanctum, looking in, they they saw it at a disappointing season. Where we but then they
0: must but then they must have seen though, if they thought it was disappointing, they must have known that we had these highs. They saw those two games on Sky Sports <laughs> where, you know, we, we <laughs> were the most amazing goal scoring machine you'd ever seen in your life. Yeah, but that's awesome. you know, that's what they saw. I also got, I got a tweet from Adam uh, Leventhal, uh, also from Sky, uh, Sky Sports. I can tell he's a reporter. Lonely, Very which I thought quite like. Very, Very clever. clever. That's the season. Uh, we're going to get on in a minute with giving out the first set of Rookery End Awards, and quite a special one. One is pretty from Mike. The Whitney Houston Award, which I'll let you explain later on, but that'll be quite a good one.
2: From the Rookery End, get involved. Go to facebook.com forward slash Rookery End.
0: It's time to meet the Watford wannabe wags. As we all know, as the amount of money in football has gone up, so has the number of wannabe wives and girlfriends. Those women who want a bit more of the cash. You know the type, peroxide blonde, designer obsessed, but clueless about pretty much everything, including football and its special terminology. So how would a WAG explain the rules and intrinsic words of football?
1: Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me?
2: Don't you? Here, Samantha, my fella is all worried. He says that the team's goal difference could be a major factor come the end of the season. I don't get it. I thought the goals were always the same distance apart. Oh Denise, you are silly sometimes. Goal difference is goals scored by a team minus the goals they conceded in all their games. Um. Well think of it like this.
0: Before our boob jobs, me and Chardonnay were both a 36A. Then afterwards, she was
2: a 38F and I was a 42 double G. So my boob difference is greater than hers. And that's just like goal difference. Oh, I get it. I know, my man
0: says that's the type of goal difference he likes.
1: Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me Don't you wish your girlfriend
0: was a freak like me Don't you More from the WAGs in future podcasts It's the end of the year, it's time for The Rookery
2: and End of Season Award Got six awards to give away, and up first is the best breakthrough artist. The guys who have come through the Watford Academy and made an impact in the first team. The nominees are Lee Hodson. No um, goals, though.
1: Hopeless. So is, hey, sweet. Yeah. There's two. Own, yeah. Is, the, is he the next Lloyd Doyley? Is <laughs> the next Lloyd Doyley. Yeah.
2: So we've already got one goal scoring fullback in the team. Yeah. Not enough room for another. <laughs> Marvellous Marvin Sawdell, striker. Only made six Watford appearances, but he managed a couple of goals. Um, and of course, we also played for Tranmere on loan, made eight appearances there, and scored a goal for them. And lastly, the nominations: Dale Bennett, also zero goals. Again, another potential
0: Lloyd Doyley. I think we know we need another one to keep us on our edges for the next ten years. Jason, who is the winner?
2: <laughs> the winner is Lee Hodson. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. I think the reason he kind of put him above the others, it's just pretty, he came in early, played a lot of games for us, and Sean, when Demeric was was injured now, and he, he kind of came in when Mariap moved moving to the middle, and, you know, he is the next Nigel Gibbs.
2: Yeah, well, he kept, obviously, he, he kept Mariap out of the uh, the team for a while as well. Mm, true. When, uh, when Demeric came back. Yeah, and obviously, Dale Bennett looked really good when he came. He sort of literally walked into the team and looked impressive. I think it was Barnsley... Uh, one of his early games, yeah. where the back four and keeper kept a clean sheet, looked very strong, very solid. And when he made some, uh, further appearances later on in the season, the West Brom game looked particularly very, very good, and definitely one for the future. Still a bit to learn. Still sort of shows up that uh, that youthfulness. <laughs> um, it was also it was Coventry game, I think, where they lost three two. Yes, um, they just got bullied out of it a bit. I think that the back four as a as a unit that day, and and you could see it was down to the, the sort of that lack of experience.
0: And of course, Marvin, the paranoid striker, sawed <laughs> out. Mike, we saw him play uh, at QPR, away at QPR.
1: He never looked massively likely to score, but he looked like he knew what he was doing, which at that stage <laughs> of the. Uh, of the season was certainly a step in the right direction. He looked like he knew where the goal was. Um, I think, let's be honest, it was an abject performance from Watford that right. night, and uh, I don't think we'd have scored if we were playing um, to this moment. But it was, um, an in- it was just a breath of fresh air to see someone that was hopefully going to be at Watford for a little while, um, and and look confident, um, and to look confident in a in a in a poor side. Uh, or put a team in poor form, anyway. It was a real bonus, I think. And then he stepped up, obviously, with that fantastic goal, an equally fantastic celebration away at Coventry, <laughs> which yeah. I enjoyed.
2: The numbers for him probably don't tell the story, because it's saying eight Premier no. appearances, one goal, doesn't sound for a striker that good a return. But we got to remember that that was a struggling Tranmere side as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, and I think what we've seen from him so far, compared to Liam Henderson, there's probably going to be a battle for that. Extra position sort of up front next yeah. season between those two who's going to be ahead in the pecking order. Um, and I think we've seen more from Sawdell than we have Henderson. Henderson broke into the team what, a couple of seasons ago, hoping to see more from him now. And he's been great in the reserves, but I just think when he comes on from the first team, he just seems to run around a lot and he run into people. He and, looks worried. And, and that's about it. I haven't seen a great deal more from him. So.
1: To be fair, John, there was a lot of people looking worried. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's just kept, you know, vibing off us, maybe. I, I was one of them, I've got to tell you. But I think, all things considered, you look at that little list of players, you tot up their, tot up their appearances, and that is something hugely positive for for Watford as a club. Fellas, I think it's also worth mentioning Michael Bryan, who had been called up to the full Northern Irish mm. squad. I don't know how how powerful uh, how strong that side is but that's uh, to get called up to a full international squad is, is praise indeed especially when you appear to weigh about three and a half stone <laughs> <It's> nothing <laughs> of him if there's a skinnier player ever to take <laughs> the <laughs> professional football field I yeah. want to know about it a good, uh, a good a really good player clearly uh, yeah. got a lot of talent a lot of ability and he looked fearless despite being um, Clearly not old enough to be out after <laughs> oh, probably about four o'clock, I wouldn't have thought.
2: We talk about Skinniest Player Award. Is, is he skinnier than Anthony McNamee?
1: Oh, comfortably, yeah. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony McNamee <laughs> could would have him for breakfast. The Rookery
0: and End of Season Awards. Award number two is the guys who came, they scored, they helped us conquer relegation, and they whisked away again. It's the loanee of the season. Nominations, the return of Heide Helgeson from QPR, Tom Cleverley from Manchester United and Henry Lansbury from Arsenal.
2: So, John, who is our winner?
0: It's Tom Cleverley from Manchester United. Yeah! From all these awards we're giving away, it's probably the
2: toughest one to say who the winner is. I thought Cleverley was a clear winner of the three. Helgerson came in straight in there yeah. on fire straight away then had a bit of a wobbly patch in the middle and then picked up again just at the end of the season Lansbury took a while I think not all his own fault I think it took a while for a Mackay to find his right position in the yes. team his right role in the team and he just sort of grew and grew the longer the season went on cleverly he was firing when the Ronald two, the two right of them in Carry the and just carried on all the way through the season. When
0: when Cleverley, Lansbury, and Carry sort themselves out with Eustace there, that was a fantastic midfield. Lansbury, like I say, he took longer. For me, clever, the thing I love about Cleverley is that he almost immediately came to the club. He made a difference almost mm-hmm. straight away. Right. Lansbury was, you know, a
1: bit, a bit. He's just playing too much flicky football and wasn't quite, you know, passing it where he wanted. Him. He just trying, trying to be a bit too clever. I don't think that's real. Cle- I think that's real credit to Lansbury though to start off a bit slower. And then to really work at your game in the Championship, when he has had very, very limited first-team football, if any. Mm. And so to cut his teeth, perhaps out of his favourite position in the Championship, which is full of brick outhouse defenders and nasty old people who don't take too kindly to um, young upstarts dancing past them <laughs> and <laughs> slotting yes. the ball in the corner of their net. I think, he, I think he did really well. And it's absolutely huge credit to Lansbury that he, he stuck at it and in the end was one of our most influential, uh, influential players Cleverly, obviously, was just—he um, was dynamite from day one. He's got that little spark. He knows what he's doing. Knows what he's about. Uh, he's also a brave young man because he called uh, m- when you hear it, Man United players interviewed on TV. They call uh, Alex Ferguson Sir Alex or the Boss. When asked about his future at Watford, he said, "I will have to wait and see what Ferguson has to say about it." <laughs> so I thought it was, uh, well, I think that's
2: his future decided then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but also, a great thing for for Lansbury—the Championship season finishing a week early. He was in the Arsenal squad for their last game of the season and uh, got about 13 minutes. So
1: it's fantastic. He's gone straight back and straight in in that team. Absolutely. I think I think uh, McKay and Watford can take great credit from that. That Arsenal had obviously seen enough in his development to, to albeit in a, a meaningless game, but uh, still to throw him on. I think that uh, that's great credit to, to Lansbury and to Watford. I think we ought to take all the credit.
0: You're probably, you know, we're going to probably have a few more loanies, I think, over at least the next next few seasons, and that relationship with. Sir Alex Fergie, Ferguson, wherever we end up calling him, and also Wenger could be very, very uh, fruitful for us.
1: Yeah, I think well, obviously we benefit from Wenger literally being over the fence at uh, at training. I don't quite know what he thought when he saw Martin Taylor arrive <laughs> at training, whether he was uh, inclined to call Henry back. But uh, yeah, I think the loan market is going to be going to be important to us. I think people need to recognise that. We haven't got the money to spend in the transfer market and, and loans are important. The and End of Season Awards. On to award number three, goal of the season that wasn't scored by Lloyd Doyley. The nominees are Henry Lansbury's second goal against Sheffield Wednesday in a marvellous 4-1 win live on Sky Sports. Danny Graham's 85th minute goal against West Brom in the April the 5th one-all draw. Danny Graham's second goal and Watford's third in our 3-0 romp in the sun over Reading.
0: So before we get the answer for the goal of this season, we asked all the guys on facebook.com forward slash rookeryend what they thought. Emma Trill, she said Danny Graham home versus West Brom. Epic, she called it. TJ Ansel said Hyder's first goal when he came back to the Vic. And Adil said Henry Lansbury's goal against Sheffield Wednesday. I suspect... Like the nominations there, he meant the second goal.
2: So, Mike, who is our winner of goal of the season? Not scored by Lloyd Doyley.
1: The winner is Danny Graham's 85th-minute goal against West Bromwich Albion. (laughs) John, I think you've talked about this goal quite fondly. (laughs) If you watch, he scores a goal, you
0: know, it's from outside the area, and then everyone's kind of cheering, and he runs the corner. I'm looking across to it. And all out of nowhere, this baby just kind of gets flowing up into the air and caught, hopefully by his dad. I don't you know did any any reports of a baby being uh, injured, but
2: the most bizarre thing I've seen the whole season at Vicarage Road. I remember you turning around to me as well afterwards, saying that you turned around to me when the goal was scored, yeah. and you said that the look on my face was absolutely <laughs> yes, fantastic. It was. <laughs> it was the moment of, no,
0: jaw down. An absolute joy in your eyes. I'm, look- I'm looking. I'm looking at time.
1: Jason now, <laughs> listeners, and for Jason's face to look fantastic, <laughs> <laughs> it must have been some strike. Could have been a pivotal goal that, because we were in a we were in a severe slump at that time. We would, we were looking at the fixture list. We were wondering where the next points were going to come from. We almost got a win. We did get a point, and I think that kind of stopped the rot, didn't it? Really. Well, the big,
0: th- the big thing about that game was. You know, we'd had Cleverley go off injured, we'd had Doyley go off injured, and we'd had Buckley go off injured.
2: And, and de- Harley de- sent off.
0: So, you know, we we are a depleted team to go ahead, what well, just was the best feeling in the world. And then that depleted team was the unfortunate reason, I think, why they could then put the pressure on. And we, we that last minute, um, extra time, huge amounts of extra time that we had. Six um, minutes. Of six minutes because time, of, right? of Cleverley's injury that we had um, for them to play and them to come at us. There, there
2: is a special stat that there is. you have. Hey John.
0: I heard him on a BBC Three Counties radio in his post-match interview. It's the first goal he's ever scored from outside the penalty area.
1: Well, it's worth the award for that, that, for that stat alone.
2: From the Rookery End, a podcast for Watford fans by Watford fans.
0: More to come in the Rookery End End of season awards. And in the podcast that we're going to have here every single month, the aim is we want to speak to the people involved with the club. We don't want to speak to the manager after every game. BBC Three Counties do that for us, and they do a fantastic job. So well done to John Marks and the team there. We Where we be on our walks and our drives home after a game, not hearing his interviews with Malky. But I was lucky enough to catch up with Henry Lansbury and Danny Graham when they were signing autographs at the Harlequin Centre a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a week following that very West Brom game and here's what Danny had to say about his first season at Watford and what Henry felt about his short stay with us here at Vicarage Road. You came to us at the, uh, in, the, in the autumn, what did you want to get out of the year and have you got everything you wanted from it?
2: I've definitely got everything I wanted from it, I just wanted to come in and play every week and uh... Well, I'll do well, which I think I've done quite well. Yeah. Help the team.
0: What's your, what's your biggest learning curve you've had? Do you think?
2: I think playing next to John Eustace, he helped me with quite a lot. His experience. So i spoke to him off the pitch and on the pitch, he helped me out quite a lot. So yeah. I think just my all-round game was improved like, just by talking to him and playing with him.
0: Okay. And what was your what would your highlight of the of the season?
1: I think scoring the two goals in the Sheffield uh, yeah. Wednesday game was a big. Like, I think that's when the fans really took to me after that.
0: your first year at Watford been for you, Dave? Uh, it's been really good. Obviously, moving from the north, uh, come down to, to London, uh, I've settled in really well. Great bunch of boys, you know. It, uh, it's a good club to be at and uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. How annoying is it, though, when it comes to the goal of the season that Lloyd Doyley scores one header and he's, he's pretty much a shoe with the Watford fans? <laughs> uh, that's obviously the case. Um, you know, Lloyd's been here for... All his life, and yeah. uh, everyone's been waiting for that goal, uh, no, no much more than uh, Lloyd himself. And obviously, I think that'll win goal of the season, which is a bit debatable after mine yesterday. I but would say, yeah. But we'll, uh, we'll leave that one. Um, he deserves it, you know, he's been here nine seasons, and it's nice for him to get his first goal. Danny Graham and Henry Lansbury there. From the
2: Rookery End, get involved. Go to facebook.com forward slash
0: Rookery End. We've all been lifelong Watford fans. Mike and I since about 1986, that makes us 24 years, but Jason, you're a, a little longer? Yep, 30 years for me. 30 years, what an old man. But in all those years that you've been a Watford fan, what is your special Watford fact, Jason?
2: I have played on the hollow turf, that is Vickery Road. although there wasn't too much turf going on at the time. It was uh, At the end of the 2000 season, there was a, a five-a-side tournament on the pitch. Um, it was a miserable day, <laughs> the ground was quite cut up in a good state, and obviously didn't suit my style of football. Um, and I didn't score. I think I got an assist. You said did you save already. a goal or anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, my, it was a fun day. Oh,
0: so, well. all
1: in all, you've taken some fond memories from that experience. Oh, absolutely, it was good fun. So, Mike, your special Watford fact. When I was little, I used to just love going to Watford Football Club, going to Bickeridge Road. It didn't even necessarily have to be a game. <laughs> just seeing Vicarage Road used to make me really um oh well, happy basically. During the one summer holiday we managed to persuade my mum just to take us to Vicarage Road just so we could have a little mooch round, maybe a look in the uh, in the Hornet shop and but anyway when we got there it just so happened it was the uh, it was the summer they were building the um the magnificent rouse stand. We got into the ground and started sort of seeing this magnificent structure slowly going up we saw a builder and we being snotty little kids said oh what are you doing mate what you doing? He said, oh, i'm just mixing the cement for the rouse stand and me and uh, me and my brother identified this as a fantastic chance to get involved in the in the history the very foundations of watford so we um we helped this guy mix and pour the cement for the for the rouse stands well my special watford fact is that i was actually Mr. August in the 1987 Watford calendar was, was Dave Bamber not available presumably <laughs> <laughs> How about Trevor Senior <laughs> yeah.
0: I was at the uh, it was the, the previous year's open day family open day which was at, actually out of Rickeridge Road they pulled a load of kids out of the stand to go on and play football. At the point of the game beginning, there's Luther Blissett stood on the penalty spot. He said, who wants to take kickoff? I've never moved so quickly <laughs> to a centre spot in my life. And as we were stood there waiting for the kickoff, kick off, someone must have taken a picture of us. And in a, in a collage of pictures, bam, there's me, Luther Blissett and Ewan Roberts. What, so a, what a triumvirate. <laughs>
2: three very attractive men <laughs> <laughs> let's get on with part Sorry. two of the End, End of Season
1: Awards.
2: so with a team full of low knees and young developing players the experienced players held a crucial role for the club so our award number four is the who's the daddy award nominees are jay demerit's just announced in the 30-man provisional World Cup squad for America. Could be the man. Don't think we were too surprised about that. Had a good Confederations Cup Absolutely. last uh, summer. I think that.
0: Uh well, they say he sawed off. He saw off Torres last summer. Hmm. I think the Americans think he's going to to see uh, Mr. Rooney off. Slight different. I think there. I don't think he'll be able to handle him.
1: At this point, I don't think we can we can move on while mentioning Jay DeMerit without mentioning perhaps an alternative award. For most ghastly injury ever. yeah. Oh, award. <laughs> now, my understanding, guys, you'll have to correct me if this is wrong, but Jay scratched his eyeball yes. while trying to put in his contact lens. Yeah, it's was way at Plymouth. Now, that to me sounds pretty painful.
0: All right, then. Is it worse than the leg break?
1: Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> there it's you go. Gonna, yeah. Scratching it's hurt. your eyeball? <laughs> you know, you can't clean that up in a hurry. A scratched
0: eyeball? I like the fact that he had an operation in his eye, and I thought... If he had operations in eye, surely you have an eye patch. Then I'll be a pirate captain.
2: Second nominee on the list is, uh, and this shows us what a, a young squad we've got. Our second daddy is Adrian Mariapa. Wow, youngster, he is. But he did, yeah. You know, he was filling captain,
0: and he came in and. You can t- he matured this year. It was quite a maturing year for him. I felt he kind of he's, he's done that thing. He's not the oldest. He's not you know he's not Taylor and all that sort of stuff. But
1: yeah, I agree. I think I think Apple Murray- is is due some real credit actually. He's, he's like you say, John. He's ma- he's made some mistakes in the course of the year. unfortunately a lot of the Watford fans got on his back in some of the home games when things weren't going our way, which was. Um, you know, people are entitled to boo but it was uh, it must have been tough for him as a youngster. Now, you say people entitled to boo. What
0: I don't like and there was one game at the end of the season where he went off oh, I can't remember what the game was now. But people directly booed him as he went off. And it's like come on, you know, you yeah, can't you I'll can't I'll do that. That's it's pointless doing it. The whole mm. team that's but a boo to a whole team says, You know what? We're not, we're not quite happy with you. Yeah, I when think when you're to be- say oh, someone out, someone out, that's a bit more than we're not quite happy with you. But when you boo a direct player, how is that ever going to be helpful for no. it, for a mat- an experienced, mature,
1: or even a young player? I think that betrayed uh, Watford fans' feelings at the time, was not there? There's a lot of, you know, we can't, we can't skirt around it. ended well the season, but there was a lot of tension at, at Watford. Vicarage, games at Vicarage Road were hard to go to for a little while. Mm. We weren't playing well. We weren't getting the results, and we could see ourselves slipping down that down that table um, and I think it was doubly hard to take off the good start we would had but I think you're right John um, getting on the back of, a, of of one of our own players to that degree is bad but but back to my original point I think it shows a uh, the level of the man that he was able to come back in and, and end the season strongly and we should be really proud that he's he's one of ours he's come through the ranks mm-hmm. he's stuck it out and um, he ended the season on a high so well done Mr Mariapa
2: okay and the uh, third nomination it's for Super Johnny Eustace. He was
0: my player of the season. I remember seeing him, went to the Barnett away game, second game of the season, and he was on the subs bench, and he was kicking a ball around at half-time and thinking, do you really care? You've come back from a big club, sure you want to go out. But when he got into that first team and how he's played, and how he's played that central role in midfield, and almost commanded it, and had the backs of those young lads up front, and also you know the support for the back, by far. And in, in backing up what Henry Lansbury said in that interview, the fact that he was the biggest reason why he has improved this year and the fact that the players made him the players' player of the year says so much to me about about him in this year.
1: I've got to tell you, I love John Eustace a little bit. Yeah. he's Not only has he got a bit of a crazy barnet, he's got the pearliest white teeth you're ever going to see on a footballer. But he's just a little bit bonkers as well, isn't he? Which but I he's r- not I re- as bonkers. He's not as bonkers as he used to be. No, no. I he's, don't a, he's not
0: running in for those headers uh, at <laughs> absolutely no thought whatsoever anymore. No, I
1: don't mean sort of headless bonkers. I mean sort of just nice, general, good, fun bonkers. I remember when he scored in uh, in the last game of the season, I think, uh, for Derby last he year. Did. He did. Against Watford. Yeah. And what he did, he scored at the at the Vicarage Road end, but he oh, ran yes. hurtling towards the, vicar- to the Rookery end. With a massive grin on his face, and just jumped in front of us and celebrated. There was no malice; he was just sort of enjoying it, really. And I don't—it it just struck me that there's a man enjoying his football, and there isn't enough players like that, I don't think, around. And to have him—he um, got—he got caned as well. There's a lot of Watford fans mm-hmm. that didn't rate him, tarred with the Boothroyd brush a little bit. Um, and he—he's underrated, and this year he's really, really come to the fore. And he—but pl- for me, he plays with a smile on his face. He's—he's a, he's a man that looks like he knows. He's lucky to play football and he enjoys playing football. And luckily for us, last year he enjoyed playing for Watford. Jason, uh, the winner. <laughs> the winner <laughs> is,
2: and, and you can probably guess, <laughs> <laughs> is Super Johnny Eustace.
0: <laughs> he is, out of all the people who need uh, re signing and getting a new contract this summer, he is by far the most important player for me that we kind of re sign.
1: He's wonderful. I love I'd you, John. Have
0: him before. Uh, demerit any day. Oh, absolutely. Agreed. I think
1: yeah. uh, I think Jay Demerit's made it clear that he wants to see where his future lies after the World Cup, and I haven't got a problem with that. No. Um, but I think Dem- uh, Eustace is a. Uh, I think he's probably got a year left in him. Probably. Uh, I, I don't think there's any denying he's he's getting on, aren't we all? Um, no, he's not. He's only a month older than younger than me. Yeah. He's so, he's getting, <laughs> so he's getting on then. <laughs> is he? Is he twenty? Is he twenty nine? He no, he'd be yeah, thirty. He'd be, he's
0: thirty. Yeah. Oh, John! So he's he's got—you know—he's point now. This—he's—he's he's thirty. He's got—you know—he's got one more contract at his peak. John, but he's I got d- loads left in him.
1: Oh, Mister Houston I've done him a disservice. So I'll take it all back. Well, well, sign him up on a five-year contract. <laughs> then, without further ado. The rookie end of season awards. The
0: next award is a very special one. Which, Mike, take us away. What, what is it? What is this award?
1: This award, ladies and gentlemen, is the Whitney Houston Comeback Award. Right, now how we can liken any Watford player to Whitney Houston, the multi-million, billion selling artist that was responsible for, I will always, you know who Whitney Houston is. Anyway, (laughs) what you might not be aware of is that she's done a comeback tour this year. Now there was lots of excitement, lots of expensive tickets that sold out very quickly. People flocked to come come and see Whitney. So she came storming onto stage, lights, camera, all the showbiz malarkey, people were loving it. She was brilliant for about 25 minutes, half an hour. Then poor old Whitney ran out of steam. She was knackered. And I don't know if you've heard this, and it is true, but after about half an hour of her show on her recent tour, she had to get a brother to come out and sort of recite some sort of poetry he'd written or sing some of her lesser known songs for 20 minutes while she went out the back and recovered. So, basically, the point behind the Whitney Houston Award is a comeback that starts really, really well, really, really popular, and then sort of just fades a little bit. Um, Now, I think it's a bit unfair, in hindsight, to say that the the winner of this award faded a little bit because he scored um, in one of our most important games towards the end of the season against against Reading. But the Whitney Houston Comeback Award, 2009-2010, goes to our puffin-munching friend, I thought Helgeson. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well done, Heider. But to be fair, like you say, Whitney does a bit at the beginning of the show, then kind of fills that, but I'm sure she comes back for a belting finale of exactly I Will right. Always Have You, which were those last few goals he scored this season.
1: Absolutely right. I think he came back in a blaze of glory. He showed us he's still got that spring-heeled jump that we loved him so much for uh, in his original spell with Watford. Was it Leicester's first game when he came on yeah, and turned the game on? Yeah, it super year? sub. Um, I think that sums up what Hyder's all about, really. So, yeah, I think uh, Hyder, back in a blaze of glory. He, let's let's not lie. He's sort of tired after about an hour, but we forgive him, don't we? We do. We do. And
0: uh, the yeah, talk is that he said it, Malky said it, he'd like to come back. The big sticking point for him will be his, uh, his wages, which in his current contract that he's got with QPR
1: are on the higher side. But it's... Uh, as an it Icelandic d- national, he's got a bit of a nerve, hasn't he? To Stop to <laughs> weight around about getting paid. Very they really well. Banks are worse than ours, aren't they?
2: It probably also depends on uh, how much money our good friend Neil Warnock wants to let him go for.
1: That's very true. Do you think there'll be a fee for Ferguson, or there'll
2: Hopefully be Hopefully not. I think I, I don't think he's a Warnock type of player, and I think he would be happy just to sort of get him off the books.
1: So are we? Are we all agreed that we'd like to h- back? What for? A, for a year? For two years? What
0: do you say? If he come up for two years, he has that thing about wearing out after an hour. And at a point, if we're, we're developing the, bu- the Buckleys a bit more, we're developing the Swordells, You know, with Graham still not 100% what I think Danny Graham can be, that senior player who's only going to bring them forward with experience as they do, and also be there for the big games. And he's the ideal player for that.
1: He's been there and done it, hasn't he? He's got he's got experience, and he's a Watford man, isn't he? Let's I think that much is obvious. He's he said is, he yeah. said he's happiest at, at Vicarage Road, and he hasn't really done it elsewhere I've look, had a quick look at his stats um, he just never seemed to recreate the form that he, he's had at Watford so we can take the credit for that as well oh but can, can I just say if if Helgerson does come back mm. can we make sure we sing the whole of his song what's the whole of, of his song not the, just the end bit because when, f- when we first played for us we had a much longer song which was much better what was the longer song do you not remember it he gets the ball, he scores a goal, he gets the ball, he scores a goal, he scores a goal, 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 I know, so on and <a> so on. <laughs> okay, so we're missing <laughs> a whole verse. So, do you not remember that? I don't remember that. Oh, it's brilliant. Much better than the shortened version we've got. Now, he deserves better. <laughs> okay. He deserves the full version. If you're um, there,
0: anyone who who sits at the Rookery and uh, is, is an instigator of songs, please remember to instigate the Heide Helgason song from the beginning, not halfway
2: through. None of
1: this abrid- abridged business. So come on. Yeah, and could we sing uh,
2: while we're talking songs? Can we sing the proper Malky song as well? Because we'll he's because he's. Um, Having a beer and he's eating his pie. Yes, he's not having his pie, he's eating his pie. Well, That's can, what can I he?
0: What should it be? Drinking a beer and eating a pie. Give you know, give the proper words to it rather than having a beer and having a pie. He
2: could be drinking a beer, and eating uh, a pie. Having a, it was always having a beer, but then it was eating a pie. All right. How well, work for you then, there, uh, lads, for next season. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: and end of season awards. The final award, which I'm looking forward to, but also. As you two know anyway, and I'm sure it will come out, I'm not really looking forward to it. It is the champagne moment of the season. And, well, it ain't going to be exactly hard for you to figure out what the winning champagne moment was.
2: Harley. And Carley coming in on the back post.
0: So of course, the champagne moment of the season was the Lloyd Doily header against QPR, his first ever goal. Now,
2: I wasn't there at that game because I had to work. Jason, uh, you uh, you were there? I just happened, through work, have a supplier who have Legends Club membership. Wow. Can you give so him a plug? Are we allowed to plug them? <laughs> no, no, we won't, we won't plug them. And the reason we won't plug them is because the sales director we work with and his colleague... Both QPR fans. <laughs> not only that, not only that my boss also QPR fan. Oh right. So there I was in the corporate seats with three, three QPR, QPR fans. fans. Lloyd Doyley, goal, absolutely fantastic. I've gone absolutely nuts. They're all sitting with glum looks on their faces. What you also get with the Legends Club is you get you you have your dinner beforehand, they put the old Ladbrook's betting slip. And rude not to. There it is, Lloyd Doyley, first goal scorer, 50-1. to one. And so there was that l- slight little tainted edge to it, just uh, for a moment thinking, he scored great. Oh, God, I've missed out on all that money just <laughs> by one goal. I will hate Patrick Agumang. It's <laughs> my dying day.
1: That's not hard, is it? He had a weird celebration, was it, that night? He had his weird celebration. Agum- yeah, he clearly... Want to be there, not he? At least he didn't get nutted by the manager afterwards. That was True. a bonus for him. The uh, it was a it was a state. I was in the um, in the rookery end. I'm not, I'm not swanky, I don't go in <laughs> legends clubs and all that sort of palaver. So I was in the in the rookery end and experienced the hysteria first hand that down there. But it, it was sort of like a two tier celebration, really. Because obviously, initially, the ball hits the net, you know, it's a Watford player that scored, you go bananas. I don't think everyone realized this it was Lloyd Doyle that scored cuz let's face it you don't expect to see him leaping sort of head first powering the ball into the back of the net. So f- there was initial celebration of the goal and then there's a lot of like a second manic celebration a couple of seconds later when everyone realized it, it was actually Lloyd Doyle who'd uh, who'd done the business. It was um it's pandemonium. Uh, yeah, I
2: I I think having watched the the goal back on Sky many times as we did that night and <laughs> in the days following I think you do notice that I think it's the point tones, people realise true. as they see him on the big screen that it's Doily who scored yeah. John
1: Definitely. can you go and make a couple of drinks for Jason and I while we discuss this cause you
0: <laughs> well, look, I, feel, I feel so bad about it where I was working just for half time I just went and flicked to see what the score was and it came up and I saw his name and my heart sank I missed Selfish <laughs> I missed what was always going to be the goal of the season if it ever happened and was going to be the champagne moment of the season he rightly won it and I felt terrible about it and I feel in some ways to Lloyd Lloyd I'm, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for your special moment so much so i just like to say you know, I've, I've, I've made something especially for him and I hope you guys don't mind me playing this but I've written a little song for him and um, this Lloyd this, this is for you I remember every game couldn't score a single goal. Straight at the keeper, over the bar. For nine long seasons, you hardly got clues that will not December night In a game, the QPR. Don't carry across the bar, you dive across the bar. You headed your first goal, but I wasn't there. Oh, doily. Well, you scored, and I, I missed it. I'm sorry. I saw the replay of skies was oh, doily. The wage was so long, but was worth it. You'll go down in history, O'Doyle. Oh, so Lloyd, that's 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 especially for you, and hopefully that makes up for me not being there and, and missing your, your special moment.
1: John, I think it's fair to say just how that lovely evening <laughs> Lloyd didn't know how to celebrate, it's pretty clear you don't know how to sing. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah I,
2: I don't know if you're thinking about applying for X Factor. <laughs> not X at all. Or, uh,
0: but, you uh, know, it just, it's, it's, it's from the heart, though, and that's the important thing, I think, in it this uh, situation. I
1: think that th- there's a little bit of magic in there somewhere. <laughs> struggling software. to find it, but it is <laughs> cool. in there somewhere. I'd I li- would I'd just love the thought, of, you know when you're watching Sky Sports and you see all the players arrive for the game and they've got their headphones on? Yeah. Love for the to see a shot of Lloyd Doyley turning up with the, his massive cans, his big head candy, head skull, <laughs> earphones, whatever they're called, We're listening to that song. <laughs> just to know he's listening to that. Would that make your life complete? <coughs> I think I'd be the happiest
0: person <laughs> in the world if Lloyd even listened to it, let alone put it on his iPod. The champagne moment of the season, of course, is Lloyd Doyley's first ever goal for Watford.
2: From the Rookery End, a podcast for Watford fans by Watford fans.
0: We know next year, lads, it's gonna be in the
1: championship.
0: How are we feeling about things?
1: I think we touched earlier on the on the youth side of things. Well we're gonna expect a lot of them now whether we like it or not. So they're gonna play a big they're gonna bear a big part in our in our season. Whether we have to dip into the loan market again. I know Mackay's been talking in the press about perhaps bringing Lansbury back. Uh, whether or not he features in Wenger's plans who knows he, we may see him back again but i think at this stage i'm going to settle for mid table sort of 11th 12th something like that that
0: would be a good see the, the thing about next year's championship is it it will be it will be tougher next year because those two clubs
2: coming up from league 1 are pretty you know they they're not little no they're going to come up with momentum i think it's going to be even close i mean it was quite close mm-hmm. for a lot of us this season but i think we're going to see a are squeezing up and down, or squeeze down from the top, squeeze up from the bottom. Because, like you say, the teams coming up are good. The ones coming down are, are not as good as the ones that came down last year. That's true. Um, Pompey, obviously, with their financial troubles, are going to have to reinvent themselves. Well, Hull um, too, as well. And and Hull City, yeah, they they had a huge wage bill that they need to reduce. Sound uh, familiar, um, boys? And, yeah. <laughs> and Burnley uh, are going to be. I think they're going to they're going to do pretty much what. We did when we came down, and they—they're yeah. they're, they're not a big team, and they—they had one good season where they got to the playoffs, and I think they'll be back sort of down mid-table. So it's going to be a very tight division again next year. It
0: is a division where anyone can be anyone or at any time. I think that'll be even more dominant next year.
1: I don't think we can underestimate how good it is that we're still in this division. I think I don't think it's too um, too much of an exaggeration to so say if we'd have gone down this year that would have just been it would have been a catastrophe I think crowds would have dropped any chance of any investment would have dropped you know we're not a massive club and I think to, to go down at, the, at this stage would have been absolutely dreadful and even to the point of you know would we have been able to continue for much longer there's some serious talk about Hull and Portsmouth whether they're going to be able to see out their season um, and it's not going to be too long before a club really does um, disappear in a puff of smoke so I don't think we can then un- overestimate um how important it was we stayed up last year and and i think just if we can consolidate this year and and have a, a relatively stress free year highly unlikely i know and we wouldn't want it any other way but if we could just have a relatively normal year i think that would represent real progress and would do a lot for my um stress levels and and hairline <laughs> <laughs>
2: on the, on the plus side if we had gone down i've never been to
0: rochdale <laughs> no but the i think the other thing a big possibility having next year, next year is we will have new owners because the big thing is going to be about trying to find someone to come in and, and take over Lord Ashcroft. Because he's got some government to run or something or another these days. I <laughs> don't um, know about to run, maybe to fund. To fund, <laughs> yes. So th- th- there's a good chance that. So it will be another season of non-boringness for Watford fans. Which is the important thing for our, uh, our season tickets. Which uh,
1: Everyone renewed, yes? Yeah, yep. done the yes. deed. All renewed. I sort of did it in my sleep. I woke up and realised I'd renewed again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I can tell you from today, which is uh, the 11th of uh, of May. 12th. Th- 12th, right. It's 88 days until the first game of the season. Jason, thanks a lot. Thank you. And uh, Mike, thank you very much. And more of your words of wisdom, I hope, next season. I look forward to sharing them with you. Actually, there's one story about your brother, and his commitment to Watford, which we definitely need to get out next season. So we'll be back with these hopefully monthly podcasts. We'll have a pre-season special for you where you never know, we might have some new signings to discuss. Let's wait and see. Some more from the Roku end soon.